This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand many of our listeners may not agree with all of our viewpoints. However, we hope you can bear with us in order to hear unadulterated true crime cases. We are not licensed therapists, nor are we able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source material included for each episode. Now let's get weird. Welcome back to another week of All the Sins Worldwide. I am just here with Mims, and we have another big case for you coming your way after last week's case. I'm hoping this one will be a little, a little bit easier to digest. It is. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a little bit more lighthearted than what we... Uh, what you covered last week. So I just want to give everybody kind of a palate cleanser um, before we, you know, dive into other crazy cases. So I know that we're not close to uh, Halloween yet, but I wanted to cover a haunting case. I don't know what got into me a few days ago and when I was contemplating which case I wanted to go over and I'm just like let's just do a haunting one even though we're in January <laughs> Ooh, like a supernatural one yeah Ooh, I'm excited so, to hear this so this is the Withrell house and my sources are Cult of Weird Wisconsin Frights and the Fond du Lac Reporter so Ooh, I'm like local yeah, yeah. So this is a Wisconsin supernatural case. I feel like we have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we do too. And a lot of them are like areas that are pretty slept on. Like not a whole lot of people know about them. Yeah. And especially like when you find out that there's some like really close to you or places that you've been before, you're like, oh crap. Like there could have been ghosts around me this whole time. And right. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I just because I've been doing this for a while, I've come to know that there is a lot of haunted areas close by and, you know, just all over. So I'm excited to get into this one, especially if you don't know this one. Yeah, I'm super excited to hear it. So in 1853, a Queen Anne-style two-story house was built by Eluhu Phillips who was a former sheriff of, oh gosh, I hope I don't butcher this, Onondaga County in New York. And then he moved actually to Fond du Lac, and that's where he built the house. And before we get into the weird and ominous background of the Withrow house, it's important to talk about the person who built it. Oh, for sure. So... Elihu was the seventh son in their family, and apparently in medieval times, if you were the seventh son, you were considered to have healing powers, which was new to me. Oh. He would even breathe on sick people in an effort to bring them health, and even though he was considered a healer, it seemed that he could never escape death. Oh, jeez. 
two of his wives died and then three of his children died as well. So I don't know if the the healer part of him was really true or not. Yeah, it sounds like it's the complete opposite of healing. Like in I mean, I it almost sounds to me like he he's like cursed. Right. So after living in the home alone for a while, he eventually became a Wisconsin state senator and sold the house in 1865 to Congressman Owen A. Wells. After years of wear and tear, the house was starting to crumble. It was later bought in 1930 by Archie and Adelaide Witherell, which is why it's called the Witherell House. And they decided to fix it up to their liking. But after they died, the house became vacant until this very day. So it just kind of passed to multiple hands, to multiple owners throughout its history. Nobody could really claim it as their own. Even, Even though nobody lived in it, it was still purchased after the Withrolls died by forensic pathologist Dr. Kenneth Stormall, which is kind of weird because it's like, why wouldn't you live in it if you're buying this house or like rent it out or something? Yeah, so did he not do anything with the house? He just bought it just for the sake of buying it or was he going to do something with the land? We'll get into that. So the condition went to shit again after the withrolls, you know, repaired it and made it look better than how they bought it and rumors of the house being haunted brought in trespassers who unfortunately tore it apart even though the back door was padlocked and there is a very visible no trespassing sign the sunroom was caved in the paint had completely peeled and windows were broken all over the property just by people trying to get inside of it But the really weird thing that was found inside was a mattress in the living room in front of the fireplace, and a Ouija board was on top of it with candles surrounding it. Oh, no. Red flag. Red flag going up. (laughs) I never fuck with the Ouija board. I refuse to do that. I don't need any of that energy around me. So I don't know what it feels like to use a Ouija board. Exactly. Like that sort of thing or like... Bloody Mary, uh, no. light as a feather, stiff as a board kind of stuff. I am yeah. like absolutely vetoing that. <laughs> and I've had to tell people when they come to, when they would come to like my apartment or like to my college dorm room or whatever when I was in school. Yeah. And they'd bring that up. And I was like, don't you fucking dare bring <laughs> that shit into my room. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. And I, I would consider myself a believer in, you know, the supernatural. So I don't need any of that following me around. Yeah, we don't need any of that bad juju around here. No. Another weird thing found that may or may not be real was a letter addressed to Mr. J. Witherell. And it was an apology from the Fond du Lac Sanatorium. And that is what was used to be known as or is now known as a mental institution. The apology was in regards to the facility closing, meaning that his wife and his daughter was would have to have been discharged from their care. 
and oh, they they had to move back in with him. So apparently some people who have walked past the house or were in the house heard really awful screams and saw shadows move in front of the windows. You had me at awful screams. Like if I hear any screaming, I am out of there. I just don't care enough to know where it's coming from, if it's real, if it's fake. I just don't care. Yeah, that's that's my telltale sign to just immediately book it out of wherever I am. Like, there's no way I'm going to sit in here and, like, have to square up against whatever it is that's screaming or laughing yeah. or whatever it is that they're making sounds. And, like, I don't scare easily with, like, horror movies and stuff, but it's right. those paranormal ones and or, like, the conjuring and stuff that those really freak me out so like right now i'm sitting in my chair and i'm like <laughs> listening intently i'm like are there ghosts in my room <laughs> yeah yeah and so i have like my own story i in high school with a group of girls went downtown um but we we were just kind of like skater girls right so we just kind of fucked around and would go and like skate and just roam around and do some naughty things that I will not name (laughs) (laughs) and um we would go down to like the abandoned uh railroad tracks and just walk them and then we would go into like a field and just like lay out a blanket and hang out and talk and then all of a sudden this is probably summertime uh 8 p.m so the sun was setting it was getting dark and we were just sitting there and all of a sudden we hear a baby crying oh shit and i knew that it wasn't just me hearing it because i would i said do you hear that baby crying and it was getting louder and louder and i'm just like holy shit we have to get out of here so we booked it out of there and we still don't know what happened if that was a real baby if it was a person like with a recorder with a baby just inching their way closer to us gonna kill us or something but I was freaked out I would have been too I would have looked at everybody and be like every man for himself and just (laughs) ran away exactly it basically was like that (laughs) Uh, so jumping back to this case there was a rumor that a man had killed his wife and his mentally ill daughter and then ended his own life in the house fueling the rumors of the haunting going on inside of it which correlates to the letter that was found which may or may not have been fake and it was it's rumored that the mother or the wife and the daughter returned from the mental institution to live with the the man again the husband the father and he was upset he didn't want them there and he proceeded to kill them and then murder and then kill himself another weird thing about this abandoned property is that someone does maintain the lawn and law enforcement does patrol it for trespassers like vigilantly patrols it well i would too if they had so much vandalism going on at that house for such a long time even when nobody was there like it, is it like a i wonder if it's like considered to be some kind of historical landmark now or some kind of town landmark so i would think that maybe the 
the county or the town would buy it and then you know turn it into something or safeguard it a little bit but it's privately owned okay and for it being empty and dilapidated it seems to be monitored way more closely than any abandoned you know house that i've ever come across i've I've come across abandoned buildings and houses that I've been able to go in no problem. Mm -hmm. I have too. So for this one to specifically be guarded this much and maintained, there is a groundskeeper that is there and, you know, like mows the lawn and does, does all these other things. And clearly there's cameras there. Why is my question, you know? It seems very suspicious that they're being so vigilant about it. That's what I'm saying. In fact, in 2020, I'm sorry, in 2014, an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online brought up the Withrow House and the host's theory is that maybe the owner is trying to protect people from a dangerous presence inside. One last weird thing about this is that St. Mary Springs and the former sanatorium and the Withrow House and the Renenzi Cemetery are all on Highway K within just a few minutes of each other, all having their own disturbing rumors attached to each location. Then adding to that, at the back of the cemetery is a single monument and four small cornerstones possibly marking the perimeter of a mass grave. Oh, jeez. This has been known to people as the Witch Circle, rumored to be the final resting place of the nuns from St. Mary Springs who were excommunicating for practicing witchcraft and getting pregnant. Holy Toledo. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of shit going down. Yeah. It really is a shame that this historical home went to ruins because it is, or it said it was... In its time, it was beautiful. Its craftsmanship was really beautiful. And if you take a look at pictures, you can see that the craftsmanship is done. And, you know, it was built on a large wooded property. So it was intended to be a, a good and beautiful place for people to live in. So I am definitely skeptical of what truly happened in this house and why it's guarded by a groundskeeper, the police, and by security cameras inside the house. Like, tell me why it's inside the house and not just outside. Yeah, honestly, the way that I see it, like you said before, like, it seems like they were trying to keep people out of the house because there's some kind of danger inside. Like, they could sense it. They know that there's something sketchy going on in this house and they're just like we need to make sure that nobody is going to go in here like when you were explaining that I was just like I had a light bulb go off my brain and I was like yeah have a point right and another thing is why hasn't it been torn down or sold to somebody for the land if it's you know like if nobody wants to live in it clearly clearly nobody wants to live in it but it's on a lot of land and beautiful land too and it's it's easy to tear it down and build something new on it so that's a mystery to me on why it still stands mm -hmm. I know a lot of um like haunted houses like that there's often a lot of questions on whether or not they're built on like ancient Indian burial grounds too 
Mm. So I'm wondering maybe like people are just so skeptical on what exactly happened in the house and like what is causing these like paranormal rumors and everything that they're just like, I don't even want to get, I don't even want to buy the land itself. Like, I don't want to own any part of this. Yeah. Yeah. My curiosity is very high and I want to see what's going on in there. And I want to take a look and see what I can capture on camera or whatever. Yeah. But I don't want to own any part of it. Right. Yeah. I totally get that. So if anybody has their own experience with the house, Maybe you were a trespasser and want to be anonymous. Send us a message and tell us about <laughs> it. We want to know more about this creepy and mysterious house if you have had personal encounters on it. Yes, it's always interesting to hear some some ghosty stories. Yeah, but that is the Withrow House in Fond du Lac. Oh, I know where I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't do... Uh, hauntings like that i i mean i could watch a haunting movie and it doesn't get to me but actually going there that gets to me yeah because you're not just seeing it on a screen like you're experiencing it for yourself like you can hear the cries or the laugh coming into your own ears you can feel the chill in the air changing and like it's just like a whole nother ball game it's much more real yeah and it's not as much of a movie like when I was a kid I was terrified of scary movies and I would like I had this whole process to desensitize myself from everything and (laughs) I'd have to be like it's just a movie it's just a movie yeah and I mean that helped me get through it and now I can watch horror movies with the best of them but like actually going to like a haunted place or a place that's has rumors of being haunted that is a big no for me there's actually a bar in Greenville um, that there has been a lot of rumors that it's haunted too. And like, it just- No way. Yeah. Like there was a lot of turnover and it was just going from owner to owner. And it's, they they used to have this thing where you could stay overnight there. Oh, no like, shit. Just for the whole, like the hype of the ghost aspect right. of things. And I've been in that bar before, so I'm like, uh, what? Is it still up and running? It is, yeah. Can you name it, or is that for, is that private? I I believe it is called the Greenville Station. Huh, I have not heard of that. I, I know that's what it was called at one point. I don't know if it's still called that, but I know where it is. I just don't know the current name, but I believe it's Greenville Station. Well, I am sure people are interested on why I'm so interested in it. I live very close to Greenville, so I am just fascinated with this. I'm going to have to do a little research on that. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how much research is out there on it because it's in such a small town and it's such a Mm. a small establishment. Mm -hmm. But I know there's been like a lot of local rumors and stories, but yeah, see what you can find about it. Like it's it's gnarly that when you think about there's a haunted place like that so close to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Reddit isn't like an accredited source, but Reddit has been my friend in a lot of things. So, <laughs> so I'm going to have to dig on that too, because everybody talks about anything on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another episode. I hope this was a little bit more 
lighthearted from the last episode that just covered it was a great episode to cover but my heart just hurt way too much after that yeah it was it was awful like yeah. just doing the research on it too just like stab in the heart every five seconds i was like oh my gosh this is horrible yeah so thank you for listening to that episode if you haven't make sure to go back and listen to it uh we totally understand if that is a trigger for you uh there is uh some triggers in there that we're gonna put in the show notes so that you are fully aware before you go ahead and listen to it but make sure to tune in to next week's episode as well and follow us on facebook and instagram Yes, we will see you guys all next week. Bye. Bye. All the Sins Worldwide was written, recorded, edited, and produced by our co-hosts and creators, Jess and Mims. We truly want to thank our listeners, collaborators, friends, and family that continuously support us and for all the love we receive. If you enjoy our show, please give us a glowing review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're up to. And email us your sinner tales at allthesinsworldwide at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins Worldwide are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure to subscribe and like us on your favorite streaming platform.